Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Glenn James and this is... John Pigeon. And this is My Millennial Money Property. Today we are talking about understanding property cycles, but before we get into that, a shout out to our show partner, Sean and his team from Wellman Finance. If you are after a high protein, high quality, amazing mortgage broker, you will need that for your property investing journey. So why don't you check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3, Sean and the team, they'll help you out. They'll tell you what you need to get into your next property or your first property. Now, the cool thing about Sean is he's got an educational coaching background, so he will educate you enough for you to make your own decision, and that's what we want with everything we do with property and investing and anything for your life. So, wellmanfinance.com.au. John, understanding property cycles. Yes. How are we doing this? So, I suppose when I'm drawing this on a whiteboard, um, the listeners out here today have to visualize, right? So I'm drawing a circle and on that circle I'm, is basically a clock. 12 o'clock is at the top, 6 o'clock is at the bottom, 3 to the right, 9 to the left. 12 o'clock is traditionally boom, right, the highest part of the, any property uh, market or, or, or cycle. And usually at the top of that peak something happens thereafter and it's usually some type of readjustment and from that readjustment and, and depending on the the solidarity of that town or suburb as to how big that readjustment is, right? So we won't talk towns and seas at the moment, but let's say it, uh, it comes off 10%, right? After that readjustment, markets tend to flatten out for some period, right? Now, again, depending on the town or city, that flattening period could last for years. Yeah, now... I use the example specifically of uh, Adelaide. Adelaide has had flat growth from pretty much about 2010 generally through to about 2016, 17. So it's a good six or seven years of flat growth. From that period there, you start to see signs of recovery, right? And we'll talk a bit deeper into that. When you see recovery at four o'clock, five o'clock, we then label that as, a, as opportunity at six o'clock. Yeah, so ideally six o'clock is what we call opportunity and that's when we'd like to be able to go and put our money in that specific location or region. From there, um, because the market has essentially recovered, you start to see some growth in that particular market, right? Now, most, historically speaking, most growth markets or growth cycles occur over about a three to four year period. In that time, there's a, a bit of a herd or a mob effect where when someone sees someone buying something, everyone wants to join in and that creates that hot oversupplied market or oversupply from the point of view of people buying. Can I ask a question? Sure. So 
at the time of this being released, this episode, yeah. it's just after halfway through 2019, okay? Yes. I saw a thing in the paper today that Brisbane's look to go up 20% in the uh-huh. next little while, whatever yes. that is. I'm hearing ads for Brisbane, buy in Brisbane, buy in Brisbane. Mm. This is the new freaking gold mining town yes. for property. Yes. You were in Brisbane years ago personally because you saw the opportunity there. So I guess what I'm saying is the savvy property investor is looking at the data at 6 p.m. when the media are getting on at quarter to midnight on the property clock? <laughs> yeah. Well, they might be at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, but usually in a lot of cases the horse is bolted by the time they capture it. So if yeah. I'm hearing ads on the radio for invest in Brisbane, you can get a house for 600 grand, yeah. blah, 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 it's probably too late because the crowd – the wisdom of the crowd, which isn't always popular, mm. might be wrong. Yeah, and essentially they, they don't focus on it full time. They've just picked up some vibe from someone that says, yeah, I think it's it's booming. Um, let's, let's jump on and make it front page. But, yeah, so ideally we all want to go and put our money at 6 o'clock. Um, the, the hard part is understanding when 6 o'clock is for a, a particular town or city, um, but then we – ideally ride that growth train from six through to 10 or 11 and then close enough to 12 um, where every man and his dog is jumping on it at 10 or 11 o'clock and that's the most common time for people to buy because emotionally they see others doing the same thing so they want to be a part of it right um, so and that happens with any type of I suppose discretional spending doesn't it we get a new iPhone and everyone wants the new iPhone with them so Property is no different in that sense. That creates basically uh, a market where the value is over overheated, right? So something that was worth four hundred thousand back at six o'clock might now be worth six hundred thousand, but someone pays six fifty for it, right? So they're paying overs for it, and then that readjustment is really dropping back to what the property market is is essentially worth worth according to the majority of people. As an investor, where do you want to buy in at? Well, obvious is six o'clock, right? Or as close to as possible. What happens at 12 o'clock if you've seen some growth in the property, you've got a couple of options. At 12 o'clock or just before, you can either sell the property and, and get some gains and pay your capital gains tax and move on or you can release the equity out of that property and move it into a new market. Which is a new, possibly a new position on the property clock. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a new position in the sense that we want to continue buying at 6 o'clock. So I guess we want a portfolio that at all times you are taking opportunity to buy in at the best time, yep. which means once you've got your established properties, because I personally believe buy and hold – forever and ever, amen, if possible, if you buy right. Yes. Uh, and you just want a portfolio that, you know, there's some correlation there while one part of the portfolio is going good, the other part isn't. Yeah. And then if you need to make adjustments, you can choose in your portfolio. Absolutely. And that two options at, at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock of sell or release your equity out, Every day of the week, we'd rather release our equity, but at some stages through our investment career, we might decide to sell down on a couple. But yeah, to put them into a new market, 
at six o'clock will always mean buying into a new location. Now, the risk profile for some people, if we said where does historically most people uh, buy their property, they would say locally because I know it, I can touch it, feel it, drive past, make sure our lawns are mowed, all those sort of things. If we continue to do that, we know that we're going to be sometimes buying at 6 o'clock but other times buying at 12 o'clock, right, which can set you back 5 or 10 years in your investment. Yeah, and I'm dealing with a client at the moment. They purchased further north of Brisbane five years ago and the property is $70,000 under what they paid for it right? and actually has been that way for over five years. Okay. And yeah. it's just – it's really bad because – they're getting ready to retire. Right. But what do you do? You can't just sell it, take the hit and pay the difference off. It's a, it's just got to be, well, we're dying with this property. That's yeah. Kind of like, well, and that's the thing. Like every, every situation is different, isn't it? So like you don't want to take a hit like that. Um, but at the same time, you've um, depending on your time in life as to what you need or want to do with that, that money. Now, just on this, every time you pick up the newspaper or watch a TV segment on the news they talk about property market is going down or the property market's going up yeah it's a fallacy and it's almost clickbait because there is hundreds of different property markets operating at any one time i mean just where we live on the new south wales central coast you know we live two streets away from the ocean yeah that's a different market even within 20 kilometers of us than out in suburbia so we've got all these micro markets that the chick or the guy on Channel 7 News can't tell me that property's a basket case in Australia right now. No. Because I'm pretty much just stole a property over here and it's increased over there. And Yeah. So just talk to that. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an interesting point. And, and the, the most common question I get is what's the property market doing? And, and exactly that, my response is, well, there's thousands of them. Which one are you referring to? Unfortunately, when people see that in the media, they've got the Sydney and Melbourne markets in mind. So if Sydney and Melbourne being the two biggest markets around the country, if those markets aren't going that well, then that puts a blanket across the whole country because if Sydney and Melbourne aren't doing well, then the rest of the country mustn't be either. So it stops people from investing. And I guess that's the same with those who maybe just are starting in this property world and maybe have been more interested in buying equities. You know, BHP basically forms 12% of the ASX, yeah. right? So yeah. if BHP has a bad day, you're going to get a hit on the ASX on the news that night. But if you've got an ethical portfolio that doesn't invest in any of those assets, mm. it could have had a, a good day for you. Good day, yeah. So, yeah, and and I personally look at probably the top 30 or so cities around the country Right, and that includes the Central Coast as one. So as you said, there are specific suburbs within the Central Coast, but you get a, a good idea of what that region's doing in general mm. and then dig down a bit deeper. So the top 30 pretty much means that we wouldn't be looking to invest in areas with less than about 100,000 people. So to be really basic, on the property clock, 12 o'clock is boom or bust? Yeah, well, bust's an ugly word, isn't it? But yeah. boom, yeah, boom is 12 o'clock. Sure. And then from there, Three there's some sort of readjustment through till maybe 2 o'clock. And then from then on through to, to maybe 4 o'clock is a flattening phase. Yeah. Um, and then some sort of recovery through to 6 o'clock and then an upward swing from there. So 
then nine o'clock is opportunity maybe. Well, opportunity six, six sorry. and then growth through to growth. say 10 o'clock, 10.30-ish. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then that's when the market becomes hot. The taxi driver knows about it and uh, yep. everyone's in there and it's overheated. So I'm out there in human land and you do property every day. I don't necessarily do property every day. If I want to get on this property investing journey, like number one, it's a no-brainer. You could you could engage the services of your program. Yeah. Um, I'll just tell us a little bit about that. I know it's, it wasn't going to be an ad for you, but just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we offer a few different uh, services, but essentially one-on-one coaching. Sure. Um, specifically designed for someone's needs, getting an understanding of what their long-term outcomes are. And then working back to to look at, well, what's their next purchase look like, whether that be their own home to live in or an investment, and then pulling apart the strategies to take that um, to the market. And, and would you help people in a very deep and comprehensive level help them identify the property cycle? Yeah, 100%. So we go into a lot of depth in, in respect to that teach them how to research, teach them how to do their own thing, basically become their own property investor if they want. So your packages, they start from say three and a half grand and that's over a two-year coaching period. Uh Realistically, if someone commits to you and pays that money and you might spread out the payments, whatever, good advice should pay for itself, everyone, so don't be tight. Um, (laughs) You don't necessarily need repeat business because you're going to teach people and do yourself out of a job. That's the aim. Yeah, sure. within within those couple of years, we'd like to say, well, this person's been on that investment journey or that knowledge for, for property journey. Um, they can go and do majority of it themselves now. We might have a coffee every six months, but they're onwards and upwards in that respect. Yep. Um, on the other side of it, there might be someone that comes to us that's simply time poor. They're not fussed about the whole education, knowledge, ownership piece, go and find me a property and and get it done for me. So you've got a service that does that as well? Essentially a buyer's agent service, yeah, that, uh, that doesn't charge but buyer's sh- agent rates, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but you surely would be more about the informed consent. It's like, look, I want to tell you this is how we do it. Yeah. That's fine. We won't sit down for five hours talking about the different spots around Australia and no. educating you, but I'm just telling you this is why we are doing this. Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The more ownership- And you would work. So uh, Sean and the team at Wellman Finance, um, you would work with the mortgage broker at some point in that process? Yeah. So that's the key to having a really solid team of people around you is I can go to the likes of Sean and have a really good conversation about this client's situation, knowing that they're strategically going to give them the best finance structure to maximize what we're doing at the front end. Yeah. So that's an option. Like if you want to, I guess, be woke in terms of the property world and you do have a decent deposit and you want a third party sounding board in your life, a coach ongoing for the next couple of years for your property journey, whether that's the, we want to buy a house, then we want to buy an investment property, or can we do it based on where we live that we might do a leapfrog, buy a house, live in that, then buy the investment property, so I guess what I'm saying is that was an option if someone does want to get woke and really learn about how to be a savvy property investor and dig deep and work with you as a sounding board for two years and then you kind of teach a person to fish and then they'll never mm. eat a day in their life or whatever that <laughs> saying is. Um, if 
someone does not want to engage, how as a layperson does someone know where a suburb mm. that they're looking at sits in the property cycle? Uh, yeah, so to pre-frame, I think the property cycle in its entirety can be anywhere from 12 to 15 years in full circle. So a growth period usually anywhere from three to four years um, and then readjust for a while, could be flat for even seven or eight years um, before it starts to swing around a bit. So I think the key things that we look at, population, infrastructure and economy are the big three. Uh, what's happening in those regions that we're looking to potentially invest in um, but then historically looking at where that market has been on the property cycle. So what's happened in the last three or four years? Has it had some growth? Um, take the likes of, of the Adelaide example where if it's been flat for seven years, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, maybe it's prime for some growth because it's been flat for so long. But if population's not going there, the economy's doing nothing, is that going to mean that's going to grow just because it's been flat for so long? Maybe not. So there's a, a lot of hours of research to go into um, making an informed decision, but you can start with the key things like that. Um, sqmresearch.com.au is a really good site for free data on um, vacancy rates, for example. You can search by postcode to check out how long um, – the, the vacancy is in the market to see that supply versus demand. Look, in, in summary, I think it's appreciating that all markets are individual and where they actually sit or where they're estimated to sit at the um, cycle at any one time. I think if you can get your head around all of that sort of stuff, then you can start to make a more informed decision about where, where you're going to buy. And if I could leave... Uh, our listeners with, if there was just one lesson, if you wake up tomorrow, you, you might already own your house in your local suburb and you do have thoughts of wanting to buy an investment property, don't just by default look in your local area as the default. Hey, it could be an amazing opportunity, might not be. So be strategic. We offer clarity calls with John, $220, just to bounce one or two things off John as a third-party sounding board, he's not going to go narrow and deep like he would with his one-on-one coaching program. But just if you want that sounding board, just have someone in your life. And particularly for me, I had these fears about buying an investment property that wasn't local. Yep. And I needed that counseling, for want of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because realistically, you don't want all your eggs in one basket. One basket could be your local area. Yeah, and it's a really common one. And and just on that, I think when someone sees their local area go up in value and they've got a property in that area, the next thing they do is usually go and buy again in that area because they've seen that growth. Now, if you look at this cycle that we've just explained, it's gone from six o'clock, it's sitting at 11 o'clock. Great, I've made some money. Guess what? I'm going to do it and buy in that same area again. I'm buying it at 11 o'clock good chance that I've hit the peak of the cycle instead. Well, peeps, I hope that has been engaging. And like anything we do, whether it's the My Millennial Money show, our main show that's out there, or this property podcast, if it just keeps you encouraged with your savings goals, with you stop spending money on rubbish to get to that property, to get to that deposit for the property, we've done our job and we hope you've learned one or two things in this episode today for your property encyclopedia. (laughs) (laughs) See you, John. See you, mate.